no one, uh, maybe for most people, no one ever kind of encouraged your core sense of self. So you got very disconnected from it all. But that core sense of self, it knows what it wants. It it like, you know, if you dig into it, it it will tell you like this is what I want. And then the it's the it's the adjusted self that goes, no, we can't have that. So let's stick with being adjusted. And the the core self goes, but I don't want to be adjusted this way. And you're in a battle. And I think that's where the ego and the true self start to fight. They start to combat because now the ego goes, no, if you strip me away, I die. And then what will you have? You'll have nothing without me. I'm everything you are. And that's a scary proposition. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. All right, people. Well, you're in for a good one, I think. I think you're in for a really good one. This is this is an interesting one that I don't even really know how to introduce, honestly, because it's maybe not quite what you think, but it is exactly what you think all at the same time. Uh, this is called the performance of a lifetime. And yes, it does have something to do with acting, but it also has something to do with the ego. And it has something to do with, I suppose, who we think we are, who we want to be, how we decide to navigate the world, who we're going to be as we navigate the world, all of that. So yeah, I, I don't know, Evan. I mean, there's really, there's no other better way to, to to open this one up than to be quite cryptic and let people <laughs> just kind of just hop on this roller coaster, join us for the ride. There's going to be some, some interesting places I think this one's going to go to. I, I'm actually quite confident that it will. And I'm excited to take this ride with the audience because I don't know exactly where it's going to go. I have some inclinations, some thoughts, but you know, we spent some time discussing this beforehand. And every time we talk about these type of things, which we're going to get into, um, you know, they, they always, they always open up new insights for me. And then, you know, we try to share it on this podcast. And I think we're actually coming at this one quite directly today, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Evan. You have anything to add to this cryptic beginning? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, the performance of a lifetime and, you know, very much uh, this show, like we talk a lot about a lot of stuff specific, specifically about creativity and artistry and, and being artists and things like that. But, you know, I think that one of the main things around this is like, well, how do we take an artist perspective towards towards life and um how can we find wisdom and parallels through the arts and and the significance of the arts to to lend us perspectives on on certain things and so i mean as far as i know about some of the elements of this conversation we're stepping into you know like the words of of ego and egolessness and you know these sorts of words that float around there in the uh, in the zeitgeist of of conversation in our world like this you know we're doing something along those lines and and 
trying to find some perspective around um the yeah i guess these these things that we have these egos that we that we walk around with and as i suppose and i suppose it's there's a lot of you know the ego takes a lot of flack from <laughs> a certain a certain sense of of things um and i think that there is a role that the ego has and it's like okay so what what is that role you know a very important one i'm i think and where where are its limitations yeah i i i don't know like this is this this I don't know if I was any less cryptic in some of the things that I'm saying here, but I, this is sort of, as I understand the territory that we're, that we're foraying into. So, um, Brandon, I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah. Right. Well, so I would say that I think what would be good is for us to talk about, you know, our understanding of what we think the ego is and, and what we think like, like being somewhat, De defining this whole thing and um, also identifying the problems that come with it and the opportunities that come with it. And that way we can begin to better use this as more of a tool in our life. Because, you know, one thing we talked about before we got into this was in acting, like every time you play a character, you're essentially stepping into an ego. You're putting on a mask mm -hmm. and you're pretending to be this person. But in a way, if you really do it right, you're actually being some part of your true self, but just that mask, that version of your true self in those circumstances, in that environment. But it's really you and not you all at the same time. And I think this is a really important thing for us to understand about the ego in life as well, that who you think you are is you, but not entirely you. And that's a weird thing because it like, it's like, I do think it's important for you to know yourself, but not knowing yourself is thinking you're someone you're not at the same time. So like, there's this whole thing was like, I have an ego because that's who I am. And I know myself, I'm this way, but it's like, yeah, but you don't know yourself because you think that's only who you are. And that's all of who you are. And that just isn't true. That just is the mask that you're wearing or the armor you're using to navigate this journey of life and be protected and be safe and whatever. Cause that's a lot of why the ego exists. It exists as a protector. It's, it's your armor. It's what you use to go out and it's the tool, right? Like if you were going to go on a journey and you had to climb mountains, your ego is going to have those, those climbing tools built into it in a way. Like it's, it's, the climber gear, it's it's all of that stuff. And if you start to go, well, I'm a climber, it's like, yeah, you are, but but that's not all who you are. That's just something you're kind of embracing and maybe indulging even. And so there's these other aspects of you that will come into place uh, or come into play maybe later in life, maybe at different chapters in your life. And, you know, and also maybe the ego you had it's somehow limiting or holding you back or creating it's, it's um, for example, maybe it's built out of trauma 
and you came from a really hard place. So you built this really like edgy protective armor, but now you're in, you're, you, you've gotten out of that environment. You're in a safe place and you don't have maybe a, the toxic people around you that you once had to protect yourself from. And actually one of our mutual friends, Marco was talking to me about this because, you know, for me, when I was younger, I was bullied. So I developed a bit of an ego, which was, and it was really like an attire. I'd wear a leather jacket, you know, I'd kind of, I, I built my shoulders up. I just, I, I, I created a sense that if you fuck with me, you're going to go down. Like, like I created an edginess, but it was like, I was friendly, but people often said like, there's something about you that's like a little bit dangerous. You know what I mean? And I wanted that to be there because I never wanted to be bullied again. But later in, I began to realize that at the same time that was helping me, it was also hurting me because it was holding certain people back from maybe being open to interacting with me because I was on guard with that ego. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it did protect me in certain ways. And maybe it got me through a chapter in my life of figuring out how to, how to basically not be picked on and to be somewhat intimidating, I suppose. But there comes a point where it's like, okay, well you, if you're only intimidating, you might be intimidating people away who you actually want to bring into your life. And maybe there's a, maybe there's a lack of warmness that you actually have about you that you could be presenting. That's basically being stuffed into the back and hidden away from everybody. And they're not seeing that if, if, you know, they, they maybe said hello to you or they welcomed you in that you would actually be as friendly as you are, you know? And so if, um, you know, and I think like you, you know, I'm, I'm going on a, a little bit here about myself, but like, I think, with you, Evan, for example, like for whatever reason, I didn't have my guard up so much that it pushed you away as a friend. And then you got behind that, ex that kind of exterior wall. And you, and I think you found out that you know, Brandon's actually a pretty like kind guy. He's nice. He's, he's motivated. He's whatever. Right. And, and when people got past that wall, they, they were like, you know, I'm so surprised who you are. Cause I had this perception of you. And it's like, I, I began to realize it's like, yeah, I created that perception mm -hmm. as a, as a form to protect me. And it was like a mask and it's like you, you take off that mask and then there's another mask behind there as well, you know, because yeah. I think you might not even know who you really are because you develop all these like versions or say layers of an onion of your ego. And as you get past one, you get deeper, but you're still at the ego. You're not really, you haven't really penetrated past the mask into this is a this is a person who created this whole thing to like navigate the world and we all do this because mm -hmm. like i'm not unique in that way you know and then these things they get taken away or they get dismantled or they they just die and then you're left with something else and maybe you need to create a new one to move forward in the world and this is the performance of a lifetime this is what we're talking about it's like all of these masks that you developed for very good reasoning, I might add, they are your performance of self. That's who you think you are. And, and I think as artists, we somehow need to find this way of taking off the mask and getting down to who we are in the, the, the person who put those masks there and built them and created them and then putting those masks back on, but not the same masks maybe. 
maybe new masks with more purpose and more intention and knowing that we can take them off at any point and that we're not they're not like glued to our face so to speak you know what i mean so anyway uh yeah i don't know that maybe that opens it up a little bit but that was that was some thoughts i had about this yeah i mean the 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 sort of defining of an ego we could probably we could probably spend countless conversations just trying to say like okay well what what is what is this thing and you touched on a lot of things there and like for me the ego is like it's this collection of ideas and concepts that we have about ourselves and uh, I do think that it very much is a protective mechanism. Um, it's a protection from many, 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 many different different things. Um, and it's also uh, an image, as you as you said as well, and that that we put out there, that we we curate sort of it from all of these experiences and and, data that we think that we've collected through our life and, and experiences and being like, okay, this is, um, this person that's has sort of been crafted to try and navigate through this world as safely, as successfully as possible type of a type of a thing. Like that's, I mean, there's many more layers to that, I think, but, um, I do believe that that there is this there is this person you know there is sort of a personality that that is somewhat innate as well that that we come here with i i don't necessarily think it's all just this um this sort of manufactured uh this manufactured personality um, I do think that to a large degree, most of us are walking around and that's, that's what it is. It's this, it's this thing that we have, um, I guess essentially made out of fear, right? Like I think that the ego to a large degree is, is this thing that's comprised uh, that, that's made out of fear. Can I um, add one thing to that? Yeah, of course. Well, you, wait, and I'm just gonna be real quick. I think also it's, it's based on, on, we did it out of fear, but I think we also did it out of reward. It's like, yeah. oh, you like that? You like that? Oh, I'm going to do more of that. Oh, I'm good at that. I'm getting uh, something back from this. I'm going to do more of that. And we embrace these things that encourage the ego to develop itself. Like, yes, I do think part of it is we got to protect ourselves. And that's a major, major element of it. But I do think it's also like this, it gets rewarded. And so we're like, okay, I'm going to keep doubling down on that and make that more of who I am because it seems to get me what I want. Yeah. And it also moves us it, at least it seems to move us further away from the things that we want to avoid and the things that we're, yeah. that we're fearful of as well. So, um, but I do think that there's also a component to who we are because like you can see this in, you know, in children, right. Who don't have a lot of formed, you know, concepts and ideas about the world and who they are. Um, they're, they're sort of very much these, natural types of beings and you can see how that plays out with like you know siblings for example same parents um you know even people who are twins or whatever and they uh they can be such different people 
you know, from the outset. And you can't say that that's, that's a, uh, you can't hang that up on, on conditioning of any kind, really. Like you can't do, you, like it just doesn't make any sense. Um, and also, I believe that, the, believe this to be true because you just look at nature you know any any kind of nature in in the world there's there's variety there we don't just have one kind of tree we don't have just one kind of bird we don't just have one kind of mammal reptile you know fish whatever the, like the the world that nature creates variety and so i don't see any reason as to why naturally um that same mechanism I suppose I don't actually, I really hate the word mechanism for that, but that same, that, that same sort of, um, that same sort of thing isn't happening, um, within human beings, right? Where that it's like, yeah, no, like there's just naturally this, these personalities, these traits, these characteristics, um, that emerge in people to create variety so that we have different kinds of people so that, you know, we, we have such a variety of creativity because it takes a variety of different people to, to create all the, the many different things in, in, in the world that, that make it, make the world such a spectacular place to be. Right. So I do think that there's that element, although I think that as time goes on, it takes work for us to connect with that thing because very quickly we start to become conditioned and we start to get piled on with all of these, with all of these other things. Right. Um, and very often it's because other people have an image of us, mm -hmm. right? Like people have an image of us, an image of what you're supposed to be an image of what you should become or what you can become. And those things have got, ha, might not have anything to actually do with who you actually are. Right. But we begin to take them on maybe because they've been rewarded. Right. It's like, Oh, you did this behavior. We like that. So you're rewarded. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, you did this behavior. We don't like that. So you're punished. Right. And and don't get me wrong, I think that there's, there's a certain place for knowing how to function in the society as it is, but I think that to such a large extent, the people that we came here as get really shoved off into the corner, um, and it can take an entire lifetime to, to find the truth of that, that thing. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I, I love this title that of, of what we're calling this, the performance of a lifetime, not only coming from an acting background, it's a metaphor that I can easily, easily grab onto and, and, and jump into. But, you know, like as an actor, when you get a new role, you know, when you're preparing a new role, like the, the thing you keep on doing it is like you just you keep on diving in you keep on investigating you keep on trying to get to the core of who this person is right like what's what's really at their center who is that person that they that they actually are right underneath you know all the shit that they say all of the lies that they tell and you know like there's all you know 
trying to really get a sense of that. And, and in so many ways, I think that we're not doing something so different, you know, with, with our egos. We're, we're really trying to understand who, who it really is at the core, really getting to know ourselves um, as far as who is this, who is this, um, who is this character truly that's operating in this, in this world stage? You know, what role are, do we play in, in this stage? Um, because every role is important, right? Every role in, if in any play movie is an important one, because if it wasn't important, it wouldn't be in there. Right. <laughs> so I think very much we can look at ourselves in, in the same, in the same light. And I'll just say one last thing before handing it off to you. Um, but that one of the things about acting is that you take, you take the role on with absolute sincerity, with sincerity in, in trying to, um, you know, get to the truth to portray this person to express this being as honestly as as you possibly can but not to take it too seriously because once you start to take it too seriously um you you lose the joy you lose the joy in what you're doing um you forget you you forget the play in the play of of the whole thing and i think that that has similar implications to us in our lives as well where it's like you know we should take we should take on the role of this person that we find ourselves as in this world like with absolute sincerity we should we should play out our lives with absolute wholeheartedness and sincerity but we probably shouldn't take these egos and these personalities too seriously either. Hmm. Yeah. It's uh, you know, that's kind of like Alan Watts. We've mentioned this one uh, a bunch of times where he kind of talks about like, do it sincerely. Don't do it seriously. Or don't be so serious about it. And it's like, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's one of the things about, about life is like life can have all sorts of, challenges that are difficult and if you're taking everything really seriously like it makes it all pretty difficult at times and if you don't have any sense of play and not just not just play in the sense that like you're being playful and you're using you know kind of a, a kid-like or you know childlike explorative type of um, take on it but like play is in there's room to move, you know, like give something some play, you know, give it, give it some room to kind of like be, you know, like take the tension out of it all, you know, and seriousness to me is like, there's, it's like putting tension into this. Right. And, and if you create a lot of tension, you know, yeah, you're going to get stressed out and you're going to, you're going to live in, in stress. And, you know, I think that there's, there is, very healthy stress and there's unhealthy stress. And uh, I do think a lot of people unfortunately live in an unhealthy stress and unhealthy stress, I think comes from 
not doing the things that you know you want to be doing. When you're when you're doing things with purpose, the struggle, like when you're, it's it's not stressful. It's more like, man, like I want to, I want to get through. I want to figure this out. I want to figure out how to get over this, under this, around this. Like I, I, like I'm, I'm trying to work this out and, and the, the trial and error and the experimental attempts at it, they're all so joyful and fun. And like, like, and if you, if you have a belief as well, that when you're, cause I think that's such an important part about purpose. I think something that I've come to realize about purpose is like, you can only have purpose if you actually believe it's possible. Like if you don't think it's possible, you don't have purpose. Mm. And I think a lot of people, they struggle with that because they're like, well, I, I don't have any purpose. Well, you don't have any purpose because you don't believe what you actually want is possible. That's why you don't have purpose. So you got to, it's not that you don't have purpose. It's not that you don't know what you want. The problem is you don't believe you can have what you want. You don't believe that it's possible. So you need possibility to have purpose. And without possibility, there is no purpose. And that's why you feel stressed because now you feel condemned to do something you don't want to do. And it gives you a reason, not that you want this reason, to not do what you really want to be doing. And that is stressful because you know that it's not aligned. And I think when we come back to this kind of like true self, the thing that's behind the ego, the thing that's actually the core thing propping everything up, which is like what you're talking about. You're born with it. It's like, you're just born with this quality about yourself, this, this essence, right? It's like every, cause you see this with kids. They're just different, right? Like one kid's different than the next kid. And it's just the way it is. Right. And then they, they embrace these characters and they take on these egos and these masks as we all do. And we grow up and they learn from their parents, their teachers and society and culture and whatever. And they become this adjusted human being. Right. But it's adjusted right? It's, it's adjusted from the core thing. And no one, uh, maybe for most people, no one ever kind of encouraged your core sense of self. So you got very disconnected from it all, but that core sense of self, it knows what it wants. It, it like, you know, if you dig into it, it, it will tell you like, this is what I want. And then the, it's the, it's the adjusted self that goes, no, we can't have that. So let's stick with being adjusted. And the, the core self goes, but I don't want to be adjusted this way. And you're in a battle. And I think that's where the ego and the true self start to fight. They start to combat because now the ego goes, no, if you strip me away, I die. And then what will you have? You'll have nothing without me. I'm everything you are. And that's a scary proposition. But the true self, that's why I think the ego death, and I, I think we should get into this at some point. I think that's why the ego death is such an important part in the transformational journey of the human being, where it's like, can you let them, can you let this mask be destroyed? Can you let this ego die? And what would that mean for you? And what would that look like? And why are you, why wouldn't you, you know, and you probably yeah. have good reasons. It's not so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that ego, those ego death moments you know, uh, can be, can be quite violent at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Cause the ego can have a hard time letting go, but I think that equally, uh, I, I think that that, that true self, right. That, that true 
part of you. And I think there's been a lot of, I'm trying to remember like some of the names. There's, there's a lot of throughout history. There's been sort of names for it. A lot of people have just called it like, it's, that's like, that's the soul. Um, the Greeks called it the daemon, the, you know, like there's this, there's this force that is, that is within you that, um, wants to create certain things that wants to do certain things. And when it's not listened to, when it's not honored, um, it goes, it can go from being a very creative force to being a very destructive force. And I think I was, I was actually just, I want to say it was probably Stephen Pressfield. He was, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast not that long ago. And I was watching a little bit of it, but he, I think it was Sam and he was talking about, he's like, he's like, it will even kill you. Hmm. Like, like literally, like it will, it will fucking kill you if it has to. Right. Because it would rather, it would rather kill you than, than, than live so far removed from its nature. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's a fairly dramatic example, but I do think that it can become, there can suddenly be all of this destructiveness in our lives. And by that, I mean, a lot of pain can emerge in our lives um, from not honoring that thing. And, that pain, I think, eventually is is the catalyst for the ego death very often. I don't know, is that where it's just like, no, it's like the, this is the only way in which this, this fake bullshit image part of you is going to die so that we can live. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, but it, it sort of, it takes us to this place of absolute internal turmoil. I suppose um, that we can just no longer live with. And when we reach that point, we have to, we have to let it go. Like we have to, we have to die to this thing. And I mean, that's, that's a story as old as, as old as time itself. Right. Like I think that that's um, pretty fundamental to this, you know, most of the stories of, you know, personal growth and, and transformation and, and, evolution right like it's a person is brought to such a a a low point they're they're where they're broken where they're they they can't continue to do their lives in the way that they've been doing it anymore and so something has to change right some part of them that they that they thought they were that they were going about as like that's they've got to let it go right and the the res it's sometimes a painful journey to get there it's often in the stories we tell it's a very painful um full of trials journey to get there but ultimately they become more of who they are i mean i think that that's that is the story that we watch over and over and over again as humanity we just we just love to see it because it's our story Mm-hmm. It's our it's our shared story together that that I think reminds us about what part of what this whole thing is. It's just like it's like die to the bullshit of of that you're living by and wake up to the truth of who you are, the truth mm-hmm. of what you are. Um, 
Yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it there. Well, yeah, it's uh, oh man. Well, you know, the ego, like, I think with the ego death, there is um, there's a lot of consequences we perceive that come with letting it go. And I think that's where, that's where it's so hard to, to just disband from it. And I know for me that like I went through an ego death. I mean, probably you've gone through more than one, but I know there's one that I went through, which is pretty dramatic. <laughs> and it was, uh, on my first ayahuasca journey. And, um, you know, I went down in, in my mind because like, it's a, it's like a dream state and it's like you're in another reality. I mean, for me, it was like, I was in another reality. Like I was in a whole other realm that was totally real and as real as this right now, if not more real, like it was, it was incredible. Like it's, it's, it's so hard, but so incredible. My experience of it was, but you know, I went down to a, to a, I guess my version of hell and I faced my deepest, darkest fears. And, and and on that way down, I actually thought I had died. And that's a frightening thought to like say, wow, like, you know, like I literally thought I'm 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 dead. I'm dead. I I've died and this is now the afterlife or something else. Like I'm in this new realm. And like, and and at first I was like, oh my God, I was so ashamed. I remember I went through this massive amount of shame because I was like, you, you, you died. Like you embarrassed yourself. Like you, you know, you, you went and did this thing and now your family's going to look at you like, you know, blah, blah. Like it's just all the shame was just pouring out of me at first. And then I, I remember I hit this point where I, I said like, could you love yourself even at this place of just great shame and embarrassment? And I was just, I, I don't know why, I don't know how, I don't know how to explain this to you, but when, when, when faced with basically death, it all just came back to love. And I said, you know what? I could, I could accept myself. I'm a human being and you know, this is my life. And I, I, I and I can love this guy. He's really trying. And I, and, and then once I moved past that, I accepted, okay, you're dead now. So now let's move into, <laughs> let's move into the afterlife and let's deal with this. And in the afterlife, I'm like, well, I, I guess I wound up in hell. Right. And that's what I, I'm like, I guess you're in hell. Like, you know, and it just got so bad. It got worse and worse and worse. And I was like, oh my God, hell is so much worse than I ever thought it was. <laughs> um, and, you know, without getting into too much detail about the, 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 the journey, essentially whoever I thought I was, it just like that had just died. And now it became, uh, you know, you, now you're this, you know, now you're this like being, you're like something else. So you can, you can figure out what you were. And at first I was just like, a, like a wimp. I was just like cowardly and scared and shaking in my boots and everything was horrible. And I was such a victim complaining about everything. And I can't take anymore and I can't take anymore. And then it would get worse and I can't take anymore and it'd get worse. And I can't. And then I was finally like, I'm not being a fucking victim anymore. Fuck this. Right. And I'm just like, if, if this is what it is, 
then I'm going to just accept it and I'm going to deal with it and, and I will make this work. And that's when, that's when I, I formed some other kind of almost identity where it was like facing my fears and instead of running away from them, going towards them. And then ayahuasca in its magical way said, okay, you know what? Uh, now we're, you're not in hell. We're going to move you out of hell. And now you're going to come up to this, you know, you're going to come up to this other thing, which is like heavenly. And now let's experience that. And I remember when I was in heaven, I was just like, so grateful to have experienced hell because hell taught me how to be courageous and not be a victim. Like my experience of hell and to learn that I can either choose to focus on suffering and complain and whine about it, or I can transcend my suffering and 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 climb out of that and try to make something of myself and then this new ego was born this new kind of like identity was was forming and the when i started to realize anyway like you know just to kind of like because there's so many details i could get into but like what i kind of came out realizing from this whole thing was like that ego that i had for up until that point was so ashamed and it was so scared and it was such a victim version of me and it died and then i was freed of it and then i could be who i wanted to be without without it but i didn't know that it was it was hurting and suffering and victim me i didn't know that until until i was confronted with if i keep this thing anymore i live in hell and so then I realized that this ego doesn't get me what I want anymore. It brings me to hell. So I'm going to disband it. It's done. It's over. And now, I, and, and now I'm left with nothing. And now it's about, okay, well, w what will get you out of hell? Cause that's all I wanted. You know, I was like, yeah, I can, mm -hmm. I can accept being here, but like, I'd really like not like to be here. And so <laughs> then, then, then the natural ego was be fucking courageous face your fears, walk towards this stuff, you know, don't complain when it hurts. Don't complain when it's, you know, stop, stop doing that. Stop, you know, and I'm reminded of this and it's like, the, I don't know if that's me at my core, but it's definitely bringing out a more true version of me. You know what I mean? And I think like with, with ego, it's like, you kind of are, are, are like, you're like, auto correcting yourself if you listen to it if it's like i was talking about how it like protects you like it makes you feel safe but it also gives you rewards and it also like if it's not giving you the rewards you want anymore and it's just leading you down a road to hell then you kind of have you're confronted and i think this is what the point you were getting to is like when you see that the ego is no longer getting you what you want and it's not protecting you anymore that's when it dies because it's inevitable like, you know, now that you don't want it anymore. And so that's when I think you become open to letting it go. But when it's getting you what you want, presumably you feel that, or you think it is, or you're at least under the illusion that it is, you can get attached to it and feel like it's inescapable and that you, you're nothing without it. Right. But, you know, I'm sharing the story, but I mean, what I kind of found out was like, well, at any point you could just you could choose to be who you want to be. And you are not bound by this thing that you think you're bound by. 
And maybe the only way to break free of the thing that you think you're bound by is to experience great pain and suffering with it so that you'll understand that it's just weighing you down and holding you back. And I think, you know, and I, I think all of us, we try to avoid pain and suffering, but like maybe, maybe part of the performance of a lifetime is, uh, you know, in finding the true life that you really are meant to live the life of purpose is to just go through the suffering and, and go like, thank you for the suffering, because this is what's going to help me get through and disband what's holding me back. So I can embrace what I actually am and recognize. Also, I would say this one last thing, if I was speaking to my younger self, I'd say, just recognize that you are the one responsible for your suffering. I know it doesn't seem like it, but you and your ego, like you and the way that you're going is what's kind of creating your suffering. And I know it seems like it's an outside thing, but it's really the, the thing that you're doing and the way you're being is part of what's creating your suffering. And the moment you start to see that you're going to stop doing what you're doing and it will actually relieve you of the suffering you're experiencing. You're in a way you're bringing it into your life by like trying to get people to like you or by trying to be accepted, whatever this ego is trying to do, right? It's actually causing all the pain. It's, it's trying to get something that actually causes you this, um, this disconnect, you know? And, um, I don't think that's like, I think that's something that you kind of, I don't know how to put this. Be thankful of your ego for helping you get you to wherever it needed to get you. But then it it doesn't need to be with you forever. It maybe was just to get you to that place. And then there's a point where you need to let it go. And that's a hard thing, you know, but something else, when you get rid of it, will come and take its place inevitably. Mm-hmm. It's just how it, it's just how it is, you know? So you don't have to ever be scared of losing it. It will always come back to you just in a new form. And so when you talk about it dying, it's like, yeah, it dies, but it's reincarnated <laughs> anew. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, everybody, this is Evan, and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Like the the ego is eventually fully confronted in some ways has to, uh, like it has no choice. Like it, 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 it has no choice. It has to, it has to, to let go of itself and then it yeah and then it sort of uh evolves i suppose um i was i was entertained by the idea of of you know you're you're going through hell and you had all these complaints <laughs> it's like who's <laughs> who's who's taking down complaints in hell yeah <laughs> yeah i don't like this yeah it's too it's hot really it's hot, hot down here is anybody uh anyone <laughs> else notice it it's, it's hot yeah. and what's this goop what's all this goop everywhere it's just goopy there's nowhere to sit <laughs> yeah so oh man well I, you know what though actually you bring up a really good point 
because the way you're talking about hell and like laughing at it is almost what we're talking about with the sincerity of all this. Like be sincere about it, but don't take it so seriously. Like, like, yeah, you're suffering. Like find a way to laugh at it a little bit. Like, you know, like even like that, like who's, you know, like who's taking complaints in hell? What a funny concept. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like, yeah, man, like we're all going to suffer. We're all going to kind of go through hell a little bit in this life. We're all going to go through these painful moments, but like, um, I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't, don't, um, like, I'm not saying don't take, like, be sincere. Like if, if something horrible happens, if someone dies, like really feel that that's going to hurt. And you, and you know, maybe that will hurt for you. Maybe not. I don't know. But like, if it hurts, let it hurt. It's okay. But at the same time, I think, yeah, like there's a, there, this is the human experience. This is it. Like, yeah, like people are going to die, you know, you're going to lose people. That's part of it. You're going to, you're going to get burned. You're going to, you're going to feel cold. You're going to, you know, these things are going to happen. You're going to get cut, you know, things mm -hmm. are going to happen most likely. And so it's like, you know, don't, don't feel like you're somehow um, the only person that has complaints about this. Like we all do. <laughs> like, yeah. We all do. We're all in this with you. You know, we're all in this together suffering through it at times but like hey like we're humanity we're so much bigger than our suffering and that's that's the thing i think we're all trying to encourage in each other really especially with movies and stories mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think anyone's you know like i don't think you have to go out looking for pain and looking for suffering like that's you, you know yeah you'll find it <laughs> yeah it's not required it's not required to go out searching yeah. for it but we'll find yeah, you it put is, it that way. <laughs> um you know it was, my wife and i were watching a movie last week wasn't a very good movie. We didn't we didn't care for it very much. Um, <laughs> but it had this great line in it. it. Had this really great line in it. Um, and it was, grief is the price that we pay for love, and it's worth it a million times over. Mm. <laughs> that is a good line. Yeah, yeah, just just what you were saying about you know like yeah like. Uh, you know, think these things are going to happen. We're going to lose people and whatever, but you know, it's like, it's still, it's still the, um, that sort of courage to, to love and to pursue, uh, you know, a life of love and joy in in the many forms that can take, uh, you know, is still worth it despite all of the things, you know, because otherwise it's just, it's all just a drag then, you know, <laughs> it's all just a drag yeah you know it's yeah it, it's important to find stuff that you truly you truly care about even if misguided i mean but to care about something is is such an important part of the you know of of the richness of life you know and i mean, actually i'm reminded of this story i remember i was dating this girl i was like i think it was in my early 20s or something and uh <clears throat> dating this girl and you know, it started okay. And then it just, it was getting horrible. It was getting horrible. And she was like, um, I guess she had been cheated on beforehand. So she was very like wounded from that. And, you know, I unfortunately was kind of the fallout person that she dated next after, uh, this wound had not really been healed. So I'm not, mm. I'm not saying she's a bad person, but you know, her trauma and her hurt was maybe being acted out on me. And, 
and you know i was young i didn't know how to deal with it but i remember like for example she was uh she would be like actively um flirting in front of me with like other guys and and just doing things that were constantly like putting a test on me and not like and that doesn't sound so bad and you know whatever that's fine but just always something and then um i remember we went to the pool this one day and she pointed out this old lady and she's like oh look at her and she was super judgmental of this woman and i turned to her and i said that's my friend <laughs> like like i actually oh, know man. this woman that's my friend's mom and she was like, oh, sorry, right? And so it was like, there was like this, it started to be like, I really cared about her, but it started to be this like, like, man, like, um, you know, maybe I don't, maybe I don't really know this person like I think. And then one day she comes over to my place and uh, she just starts like putting a bunch of bullshit on me. Like just saying like, you're this and you're that and you're whatever. And I was just like, okay. Like I'm just under attack and like, this isn't even me. Like, I don't even know like where all this is coming from. And it just was just like someone just spewing their toxicity onto you. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I'm in my home and I'm, I'm having this person and they're just, they're just beating on me. And I'm thinking, what am I like? Like, and I really cared about her. Don't get me wrong. I really cared about her and I wanted it to work. And I just, I just hit a point. And I just said, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> and she's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. And I pointed at the door, get the fuck out. And she leaves. And I was furious. Like I was just so angry. Like I remember just raging inside, like just being, oh my God, I can't believe this person. And I had a roommate at the time. And he's like, what's going on? And I'm just like, man, this, I just cannot believe someone someone would just come around and do that. And he, and I remember this. So this is why I shared the whole story. He goes, man, I've never cared about somebody that much. Like the way you're feeling, I was like, I wish I've felt like that. And I really took a moment to appreciate the fact that, yeah, as angry as I was at her, like I really cared about her. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I probably cared about a person and I probably put a lot of love into a, into a relationship that was doomed. And as misguided as that was, and as much shit as I took from, from that, uh, relationship, it, you know, I, um, I wasn't misguided in trying to care, you know, and trying to, and trying to make something good out of something. And maybe I was misguided in where I put my love and my energy and, you know, and my attention, but I learned I learned some valuable lessons. I learned some things about, you know, that it takes two, that it's not going to be a one-way street. I learned some things, you know, I could probably list off a hundred things that I learned from that relationship. And, um, you know, the easier choice would have been to, to be casual, to not care. And then it's just like, hey, whatever, this person's difficult. See you later. This isn't working out. But the dramatic end to it was more because it was just like, I can't care about this person anymore and have them be bringing their shit and putting it on me. And I didn't have a better way of dealing with it because I, I was young, but like, you know, the thing is, is like, I don't think that us caring about stuff is what we should be avoiding. I think we should care, but I think that we need to accept that sometimes we're going to care about stuff that we shouldn't care about and it's going to be misguided. And that's a part of, 
you know, actually learning and growing and evolving. Because if you don't care, you just don't get, you don't get the chance to get the lessons. You don't get the chance to get the vibrancy of it all, you know? Mm. You know, what you're saying really makes me think about the, um, you know, like uh, I, I've always had like a sort of like, I raise an eyebrow around that sort of like the whole idea of the, the, the law of attraction, right? Which like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying I, I don't think it, ex it, it exists, but it, much in the way that, that I've heard it talked about and, and people say, oh, this is, this is how it works and blah, 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 blah. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like there's certain aspects. I'm like, I don't know if that's really how that, that thing works. And some of what you're saying and, and in sort of what we've been talking about in this conversation makes me think like, yeah, like maybe it's actually in some ways, you know, it's like, you know, these egos that we have, these images that we put out there, you know, that are, are bullshit, right? Well, those images attract that bullshit, right? Because you're putting that image out there and that image is going to draw, is, is going to bring certain things in but you're just bringing in bullshit you're bringing yeah. in bullshit to respond to your bullshit yeah <laughs> right and like so then not. you have to and then you're forced you're confronted with your bullshit <laughs> and so you're like oh this is my bullshit <laughs> this is what's happening this is my bullshit so <laughs> i'm gonna let that go and i'm gonna stop bringing that bull i'm gonna let go of my bullshit so that i stop bringing bringing that bullshit in so I, yeah. this is sort of like giving me a sort of an, uh, perspective on this sort of law of, of attraction brand. And so thank you very much for, for sharing that story. Cause it's, um, I feel like that's kind of like giving me some perspective. You know what? Let me, let me double down a bit on this story because you're, I think you're spot on with that. I've heard this quote. I don't know whoever said it the first time, but heard it. You don't get what you want. You get what you are. And I actually find it to be very true. And you know, when, uh, when I started dating that girl that, you know, it ended so dramatically when I met her, I'd also met another girl right around the same time, like the same night or something. And I remember I went out to this party and there was her and then there was another girl and they both wanted to date. I know, I know that they both were like very interested and very keen about, you know, was a good looking young guy, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I had, I had a couple options and I remember going, okay, well, I have to make a choice cause I'm not going to date them both. And so I chose the one that I chose, but in hindsight, looking back, I think I, you know, why did I choose the one that was all the drama? Like, I actually think the other girl was a sweeter, sweeter girl probably wouldn't have had the drama, whatever. But like, why did I choose that? And I think in some ways we bring in patterns of our life, you know, like if you're used to, like if you're used to toxic relationships, right. And, and maybe, uh, you know, you've had maybe one of your parents was like that, or maybe you're just, you know, that's something you're, you're accustomed to. You can look for that. You know what I mean? That can be kind of what you almost think is normal. And something that I've come to realize is like in, in my earlier years, I could recognize the difference between a healthy relationship and a toxic relationship. 
but I often found myself attracted to the toxic relationship as opposed to the healthy relationship. And I've done a lot of thinking about all of this. And I think that in a way you, you do, you bring in, you, you it's, it's not that you don't necessarily bring in both, mm-hmm. but you, you look for one when it comes to you. So provided with the option, I would almost choose a toxic relationship. And I, I, I was thinking about this. It's like, because there was something about it, like, well, I don't want to get too personal about this, but like with my father, and this is a weird kind of psychological thing that I've just kind of come across in life that you, you look for the love of the parent you felt like you didn't get it from. You often, like people who have a incomplete with one of their parents or both of their parents, they look for that love. They look to try to, to, to get that thing that they didn't get when they were a child. And so, um, with my, my father, you know, our relationship was quite toxic. It had good moments, really beautiful moments, but it had a lot of toxic, really rough, difficult moments. And, and I later realized it's like, it's weird because I kind of attract a woman that's like my father in a way, like in that, this kind of abusive quality is there. And I I feel like I've broken away from that now because I've come a, become aware of it and I understand it more. But like, there was something about me that was attracted to taking abuse and, and almost feeling like if I could overcome that abuse, I would, you know, I would somehow, um, I would somehow complete that thing. And I, I think it's, you know, I think there is something about what you're talking about. It's like, um, I think the law of attraction, you know, just let's tie this back in. I think the law of attraction was something that, you know, in the, in the early two thousands, they learned how to market and they learned how to make a lot of money from it. It's like, you can have a Ferrari. All you got to do is think about it and feel it and you'll have it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, forget about all the work, forget about the planning, forget about all the effort and all that other stuff that goes into it. It's just like, yeah, just, you know, just imagine it'll come. And people like that idea because it's like, wait a minute, I could get what I want easily. And people like that. And so they bought into it. But I, I think that that was the marketing side of it where they could sell books and DVDs and whatever. But I think that there is something about the law of attraction, but it doesn't quite work the way we think it works. It works a little bit more like, um, your, the way you are brings in more, more of what you are. So if you perceive you're in lack all the time, you're going to bring in more lack because you're going to create that reality of what you are. You're going to continue to reinforce the reality of what you think you are. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do think that there is a, an element of it that's true, but it's like deeply misunderstood. But I do think that in a lot of ways, like this particular woman I, I talk about, I definitely think I picked her and brought her into my life. And it was very much aligned with where I was at at that time, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's like, that's why I can't even blame her for being the way she is. It's like, I was in a way looking exactly for that. Yeah. And, and trying to somehow not be like, somehow try and change what I am through her, which isn't how you do it. You know, no one else's responsibility to change you. Like 
what, what I needed to do was I needed to go away and recognize. And, and I think she helped me do that actually. Cause after that relationship, I walked away and said, well, why, why would you ever be in an abusive relationship like this? You know, <laughs> yet I was again, <laughs> but like, I did start to wake up to this, yeah. you know, yeah. this whole idea of like, you know, and, and it, 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 you know, it's like one of those things is like when it's deeply patterned, deeply like wired into you, sometimes it's hard to change right away. It's just, but I think it begins with identifying yeah. the pattern, recognizing that you're running this cycle and then beginning to go, okay, like, why do I do this? What am I looking for? And what is it about me that, that feels I need to keep, why do I keep doing this? You know what I mean? If this is a, if I know that it's not, you know, if it's not really good for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's like a, I don't know what I'm saying, but it's like, it's kind of like the ego, like it's like being aware of your ego at play and recognizing that your ego is not serving you the way it feels like maybe it's serving you in the moment. And then going, okay, I know that this maybe feels good for a period of time, but then it doesn't feel good. And so then if, if I'm playing out a pattern or playing out a character or a role that continually does this cycle, do I want to keep playing this part, you know? And, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, I think like, um, I really can appreciate what a good woman is not to say that anybody's a bad person. Everybody's in their own struggle. I can appreciate the qualities of what I, what I, what I see in, in a good person, not just a woman, but like, yeah. cause I'm thinking romantically, but like in a, in a, in a friendship, like, you know, whereas like I didn't get support so much as a kid and I didn't get listened to and heard around a lot of things, but I see how that's negatively impacted me. So now I look more for people that are supportive and, and they're compassionate and they're kind and they want to hear. And I want to be more of that too, you know, and that is, that is a new formed ego because my, my initial ego was, I don't know, I suppose it thought certain things were normal, you know, that, yeah, people just don't care how you feel. I actually thought that's how, that's how this life was. There's nobody cares how you feel. Nothing matters about that. Just suck it up put it to the side and move on. And, um, yeah, anyway, I'm, I, whatever, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to get too personal here. The point is though, is just, we do attract, I think in a way what we are and it's just not quite what we think. And the ego and the true self have, have a play in all of this. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. That, that image, that ego, you, you put this thing out there and it's just like, okay, this is, this is the image you put out. Well, uh, we'll just hold the image right back up yeah. at you and see if, and see, d- see if that's something you like. <laughs> yeah. Cause others will reflect it back to you. Yeah. They'll reflect yeah. you back to you in a way. Yeah. And in a, in a sense, it's like, that's just, it, you know, it, it all is still just a lesson right? It's all still a lesson, no matter which way it, it shakes out, you know, when, when you can see it that way, whether it's something that, that brings light and joy to your life, or if it brings something kind of destructive and, and dark, right? There's something that, that you can 
you can still glean from from the whole situation, right? Um, yeah, yeah. This is an interesting twist to this conversation that I didn't uh, think was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, where I are mean, we at I, man. Oh, well, so you got. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're getting close to wrapping this up, but I wanted to kind of bring it back to the title, like performance of a lifetime. And, um, you know, I, I think something that I'm kind of coming to a recognition of in this, in this talk is that your journey as a person has, a, has an arc of growth and change. And so, you know, who you are at the beginning of your journey doesn't have to be who you are even halfway through or, or near the end at all. Right. Like you, and so if, um, you know, if you started the journey a certain way with certain outlooks and certain beliefs and and a certain ego, so to speak, um, you have no loyalty to that. You don't have to stick with that. You can, you can let that thing go. You can let it die off if that's how you, you know, if that's how it is, or, you know, you can, you can, you can have an awakening and a change of perspective. And I think that it's important that you don't beat yourself up for seeing it the way you saw it initially, like, you know, I, I think, um, there's, uh, you know, you're doing, you're doing your best and you're working with what you have. And, you know, if you don't know any better, you're probably going to make mistakes. And I think like the thing that I am kind of coming to, to an enlightenment about is that it is a performance in the sense that you're you're playing out the character that is this life and this this character is not fully formed and aware of itself early on and it takes work and effort and intention to get closer to who you truly are at the core and that means peeling away this layers of the onion, you know, taking off the, the many masks that you put on to, 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 to try to get through the world only to find out that maybe you have to put them back on, but maybe you put on different masks, but you do so intentionally. Because I do think when you get to the point of kind of an enlightened self, when you have that moment of like, I'm none of this, I'm, this isn't who I am. And you're almost free of ego you you then can decide okay if i'm going to go back out in the world and do life who do i want to be in it and recognize that that still is not necessarily you but that might be closer to who you are but mm. i think every mask that we put on is is a bit of a carbon copy of the truth it's it's not a like i don't know if well, we're ever fully the true source of who we are ever but we're ver- but we're truer versions of it you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I'm going to throw something in there into this one <laughs> late in the game. I'm going to throw okay. some, throw something out there. Um, because yeah, like you're, and you've already touched on it, which is that, you know, there's maybe never any point of like, like, ah, this is who I am. Right. Because that's part of the problem with that is that, that's a very sort of conceptual type of thinking, right? It's a very conceptual type of perspective that is based on there's this solid thing that exists that is 
this person that that I am, right? And that is a certain type of perspective that exists in the world, though it's not the only one that has existed in the world. One of the the um, best sort of summarizations I've I've heard from like if you look towards more like Eastern philosophy, um, in Buddhism they understand that they understand the world and life and uni- and the universe as a process not as a concept not as um not as an idea not as a as a thing it's a it's a it's a process that we are a process um we are a process within a process right like it's it's an even even talking about it which i think is why a lot of these traditions are so cagey about <laughs> about talking about these things because like yeah but now we start talking about it, it's a concept again right so in this conversation you know it's like oh well i am um i am a person who believes in you know such and such and i am uh you know I am a fighter and I am a this and I am a that, you know, like start naming all of these qualities. It's just like, but yeah, but eventually there's a situation in which that's just not true. Right. Eventually there's a situation in which uh, you're not a fighter, right? You're a lover in that situation, or maybe you're even a coward in that situation. You know, like it's, it's, um, so trying to, to understand ourselves in that way is, is in, is ultimately you could look at as a, as a bit of a futile type of gesture, right? Because it's like who you are is, is constantly in motion, who you are is constantly um, changing and it can't really be named. Right. Um, And that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not to say that there, there can't be some value in, being able to recognize and, and understand um, certain things about ourselves, right? Like I can say about myself that like one of my highest values is simplicity, right? It's a, that's a huge value to me is simplicity. Simplicity in life, simplicity in process, simplicity in perspective, um, uh, however, does that mean that that's the entirety of who I am for all time in many respects? Yes, but that's also not, it, it can never quite capture. It can never quite define the entirety of who I am as a person, but it can, I can say it's, it's an important part, right? It's an important aspect. Um, I may have reached a dead end with this one, but you know, it's like, it's, it's who we are is, is not something that can just be so easily um, conceptualized is really the, the, the thing that I'm presenting here as, as something that we can, we can ponder, I suppose, because I think that that's such the temptation. We want to have this sort of concrete thing, you know, like, uh, and that's something we talk 
we've talked about quite a bit on this is like, we don't always have a great time um, or the easiest time in accepting sort of the, the, the more mysterious parts of ourselves and of life. You know, like we want to have solutions. We want to have answers. We want to have absolutes. Um, but we can't find them, you know, not, not really. So, I mean, that's, I think in essence, the, some of the, some of the trap of this sort of like, oh, well, this is, this is who I am. Right. Um, but I think that there's not being too attached to ideas of who we are. Um, and I guess to a certain extent who we're not, right? Mm-hmm. Like is, um, is something, is something worth, worth taking a moment with, I guess. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I know I just threw something, some, something out there, but, uh, well, look, I, I mean, I just want to add this before we kind of wrap this up. I would say that look at it in terms of like, I think of a performance now as more of a discovery than a plan. And I think that that's something that we can all embrace in our lives, you know, and I I think uh, what I've learned through Meisner acting, particularly moment to moment style acting is that that seems very true to me that I'm in a constant discovery of things, not in a, in, in a plan as much as I think that I know where things are going to go and what's going to happen. It's, it's something that is almost going to hit me by surprise. And then I'm going to become aware of it. And then I'm going to respond. And that's, you know, when we're looking at who, who are you, um, who, well, who do you want to be, I think is worth noting. And then who you are when it comes down to it is worth noting. And if those things are not aligned, then working to align them is worth doing. Mm. And if they are aligned, taking a moment to acknowledge yourself and give yourself a pat on the back is good. And if they're better than you expected, taking a moment to appreciate that you had more in you than you, than you gave yourself credit for is worth taking a moment to appreciate as well. And so I think that, you know, when we're talking about a performance of a lifetime, I mean, like you don't know what you're capable of and you don't know what's going to happen until you're right down in that moment. And some of these moments you're never going to want to get to, and you're never going to really want to find out. And I don't think that you should go like looking for it it's like to prove what, who cares? But like, if you find yourself in a moment, like, you know, I've been in moments where, uh, I don't know, it's like a, like a situation, a traumatic situation. And like, I found myself to be quite calm and quite collected. And, and I'm very much about like, let's keep everybody cool. Let's just, let's make sure everybody feels okay. This is not like, let's, let's manage this in a way where it's like, we got this under control. No need to freak out. No need to worry. Um, and that's not something like, I like that about me, but I didn't know it until I was in the moment. I also found like, I have an idea of myself that like, I'm a bit of a fighter, but it's like, truthfully, I'm not like, but I will fight. If you push me 
far enough. If you put me enough in a corner, I will, you'll see a stand out of me. That's pretty interesting. But most of the time I try to avoid that shit. Like the plague, like I do not want to fight. I don't want conflict and I don't want to, you know, but like, if I get pushed and pushed and pushed, like there is something inside of me that's pretty fucking barbaric and animal like, but it's like, you know, do I like going there? No, (laughs) you know, and like, is it good that I know that about myself? I mean, I like, it's interesting. You know what I mean? But like, um, I like that it's there, I guess. I think it's, there's something, there's something about it. That's kind of cool. But like, I think when we're talking about this performance of a lifetime, like understand that in a movie or in a story or a script or whatever, like usually you're pushing a character into places that they never thought they would go. And then you're finding Mm -hmm. out what they're made of in those moments. And usually I find as a writer, I don't even know what these characters really are until I find them in these moments. And then how, how they respond is somewhat, maybe how I would respond. But like, at the same time, like I, I feel like when you're in flow, you're just kind of, you're just kind of, getting there. So I think the performance of a lifetime is, is more of a discovery than a, than something that you need to know. And, 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 and it's, it's a constant kind of like, just interacting with the moment and try to be truthful about it. Just don't bullshit yourself. You know, like if you acted cowardly, which I've done before, just be like, Hey, I was a coward in this moment. Okay. Now, do I like that about myself? Do I want to be like that? No, I don't. Okay, what what could I do to change that? If that situation ever came up again, could I be different? And what would it take for me to be different? And um, if I really want to be different, then that's more truly who I am. The want to be is more truly who I am than maybe who I actually am being. So let me try to 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 move towards the desire because like some reason that desire is in me to be that way. So that must be more who I really am. So why am I not living up to who I really am? You know, if that's Mm. what I want for myself, this is kind of the insight I'm having kind of at the end of the day. It's like, it's, everything's just the discovery, you know, and it's, it's the discovery isn't the end either. The discovery is the process. It's the middle of it. And so you can constantly use these moments to like, to see, am I aligning to who I would like to be in the world? And people who bullshit themselves will never align to their truth. But people who are honest about it and they admit their folly, they admit their fault, they're going to be able to better align back to the truth of who they know in their heart they want to be. But you have to be honest. And that might mean admitting you are a coward in a moment, admitting you were you were too mean in a moment, admitting, you know, whatever you did wrong and being okay, I don't want to be like that. That's, you know, and, you know, and, and also like, that wasn't my voice that came out. That was the voice of my parent that came out and acknowledging that and going, okay, it's not going to come out that way, you know, next time, because that's Mm. not my voice. That's the voice of this thing out here. And I just adopted it, you know, but it's not mine because that's not what I want to sound like. And that's not what I want to be like. You know, it's some of what you're talking about uh, reminds me of a conversation we had I don't know, three, three, four weeks ago, maybe something like that. I don't know. I can't even remember what, what the episode was called, but you know, we were talking about this, um, whether we're focused on what we have to give as opposed to what, what we want to get. Mm. 
kind of a thing because I think that when our focus becomes more on like what we are giving, we're less in fear, we're less in ego. Not that ego ego can't prop up in there too because there can be some pretty self-righteous givers out there. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that, you know, that that's one of those interesting little ways that, you know, has been spoken about for thousands of years, you know, like that, that, that shift in, in focus of like, you know, what are we giving to others with our lives? Right. What do we give with our lives to others? Um, it can, it can shift us out of a certain, certain attitude of thinking that actually connects us and aligns us to the people that we actually are. Right. Because it's not focused on any kind of reward. It's not focused on any kind of, it's, it's sort of one of those things that's like, well, what, what would you like, what would you just do for the, for the sake of doing it? You know, for the sake of, of trying to do something good, what would you do? You know, what would you give? What do you have to give? Um, of your skills, of your, um, of your means, of your, you know, whatever it is that you, that you have to give, what, what would it be? Um, and I think that that's kind of an interesting way to, that can connect us to, you know, those parts of who we, who we want to be, but also like that, that who we genuinely are as well. And then I think a lot of the work after that is, okay, so what's all the shit that gets in the way of that being who I am, mm. right? What it, What is that? And that's in, in many ways, I think uh, that's the, that's the job, you know, for, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's talk beer and let's wrap this one up, man. I agree, man. We had a good, we had a good chat. I've, I've enjoyed this. You want to go first? Sure. Uh, I'm drinking drinking one from uh, Odin Brewing Company. Uh, I think that they're in. Oh no, I thought I thought these guys were. I thought Odin Brewing Company for some reason was in the states. I guess I'm wrong. Um, they're in Vancouver, BC, and I'm drinking Odin's Quest Hazy Pale Ale. And uh, I'm pretty sure this is the same brewery they make uh, that they make the uh, Galactic Space Dragon IPA, which is like a somewhat like famous, famous one. You can see it and like you find it in liquor stores. So this is a different one from them, and uh, it's really good. Owns Quest Hazy Pale Ale. Um, I don't know if I like it as much as their as their um, as their Galactic Space Dragon, but. <laughs> It's very good, and uh, thumbs up for me. <laughs> right on. Well, being back in BC has been been nice for the time. Um, I'm having one from Granville Island Brewery. Brewing. Excellent. And it's the Kitsilino Juicy IPA. Um, and I chose it because, you know, Kitsilino, Kitsilino was... That's where I like made my home in Vancouver when I when I finally moved out there and went to university. Like at first I lived in on Granville Street for for a year. 
And, uh, but when I moved out on my own, uh, Kitsilino was, uh, that was my spot. And I, I lived there probably longer than I lived in any other place in my life. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Place. It's a great place. And it's a great beer. And, uh, it's, it's funny cause on the back it says, um, perfect for sunsets by the beach. And when I was in Kitsilino, like, as you know, my, my place was right by the beach. Um, so I don't know, you know, maybe it's a little bit me just kind of having some nostalgia and <laughs> like, uh, you know, just, a such a good, it was such a good time in my life, such a great memory. And, um, uh, you know, a kind of a mark for me as, uh, setting out there and just going for these things that I cared about, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So anyway, good beer, uh, Granville Island Brewery and, uh, Anyway, yeah. So, well, okay. Well, let's wrap this up, Dan. Um, yeah. Hmm, final thoughts. I don't know. Do you want to start? <laughs> sure. No, I'll go. I'll go first. Yeah. It looks like you you need a moment. I do. So yeah. I'll I'll go. And you know, I'm just gonna come back to you know again the like the the title of this and this sort of metaphor, the performance of a lifetime, and just that message of you know I think that you know we've we've really dove into this stuff and and. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot, you know, this conversation and this topic, it's, it's kind of a lot in, in so many respects. And I think I, I just want to bring some brevity back to this whole thing. Uh, and, and with this metaphor of, of performance, you know, all the world's a stage as Shakespeare, uh, so famously <laughs> said, and, you know, like, again, it's like, you know, come into this role of who you are with curiosity and fascination and finding out who this, who this person really is that you are. And yeah, you're going to confront some like, Oh shit, that's bullshit. That's not actually who I am. I've been living this way. Like for, you know, for years and, and to find out that that's not true. Wow. Amazing. Fascinating. Right. Um, you know, but take that take that journey with 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 brevity with lightness you know take it lightly um take it with again sincerity but don't take it so serious you know don't take it so serious it's not it's not so serious because i think that that's a component that actually helps us to to actually get to truth you know like when when we're carrying all the the weight of everything and it, it doesn't necessarily keep us open. It doesn't always keep our awareness open. Um, you know, cause that's like another thing with acting, which is like, you know, is learning how to be relaxed, right. As a, as an actor, because if you're carrying so much tension in your body, you can't perform right. Your body, your body can't, can't, can't move right your emotions don't your your emotions aren't available to you like there's all like your instrument shuts down when you have tension and when you're taking you know this this thing so seriously this this person that you are this ego this whatever with so seriously there's too much tension you can't perform <laughs> mm. right you can't perform so Take it sincerely. Take it sincerely. Take it sincerely, sincerely but not seriously. <laughs> and remember, it's all just a show. It's all just a play. 
and remember to have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's the most important reminder in really anything is like, have, have fun with, with this, you know, this life. I mean, with everything you do, I mean, I think it's worth filtering for that, to look for the fun, to look for the joy and look for, you know, I mean, I don't know, like, I mean, happiness is fleeting and it's temporary. It's, it's, you know, it's a temporary emotion ultimately, but like you can, you can filter for, for things. You can, you can decide to look for things. And, you know, I think when you're, when you're doing life, it really is kind of a performance. It has a, it has a tone to it all, but you set the tone. You decide the genre, you decide, you know, you decide the type of, you know, story you're in, the type of movie you're, you're, you're in. I mean, you, you, you figure it out. I mean, if it's, if it's a tragedy and you think it's a tragedy, I mean, you will find the tragedy, you know, you will, you will filter for it and you will, you know, you will experience it. But if you think it's a comedy or you think it's a, you know, um, something that's, that's fun and playful you'll find those moments, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see them. And something that I've kind of come to the awareness of is that it's all available to you. Everything is all available to you all the time, but you can only take in a very small amount of it, like a very tiny little incremental amount of it. And so you get to choose the increment you're going to take in. And so when I think about the performance of a lifetime, it's like, like your life is going to be what you decide to will you decide to make of it and i know that's like almost sounding cliche to say but it's really it's just the truth i mean it's like you know if 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 you're sad all the time and you're you know and everything's a tragedy and it's all depressing and it's just suffering i mean do you want to keep living that narrative do you want to keep living that story and if you don't then that that character that is stuck in that story has to die, you know, has to die off and, and, or that character needs to leave that story and join a new story. And I think, you know, you're as much the person you think you are as you are the story you think you're in. And I, I think that's not a common thing. I actually, I'm just kind of having this awareness actually right at the end of this conversation. And uh, you could disagree with me if you do, Evan, but I would say that your ego is actually not just who you think you are. It's, it's the story you think you're in as well. It's the, it's the narrative you think that's going on around you that you're experiencing because you are as the character projecting that out of you into the world. So, you know, if you don't like what you see around you, you know, look within and then project back out what you actually want to see around you and, and start to create that story for yourself. And, and, and step into it and be the be the right character for you that needs to step into the story you want to step into and and i think that's how i think that's a big part of how we do it i think that's part of how we create the life or the performance of this life that we really truly want to be in thank you for listening in on our conversation today we hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, 
and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.